the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. What can go wrong with the stock market? I feel we are exactly where we should be. After a very good run on Wall Street during the pandemic, we created really high valuations. Or we left the party with very high valuations and then earnings season came and went and came and went and came and went. They didn't really, how shall we say, build into their valuations or grow into their valuations. When you start talking about a bear market, you typically say a bear market's going to last 18 to 36 months. So we're kind of where we should be, digesting big gains. I continue to invest. I continue to believe that what I'm investing in today, every two weeks of my 401k, will be worth more in three, five, seven, and 10 years. That historically has worked. I don't think the system is broken. I don't think there's a conspiracy theory here. I think if I could, if you were to say, Rob, um, would you take the last 10 years, even though last year was a brutal year, would you take the the results? I would. And I'm going to sound like Warren Buffett here. Uh, If you were to ask me over the next 10 years, which will do better, Bitcoin or the SP 500, I'll put some money down on, on the SP 500. Now, please, this is not a competition. It's an exhibition. No wagering. Got to say that for my legal side. Anyhow, let's move forward with some of the content that's out there, shall we? Americans are still moving to Florida. Florida is the fastest growing state in 2022. The state's population has been steadily increasing for decades. If I were to ever want to move... For my current state, I'd want to go visit that state for a month, at least, if not rent in it for a year before committing to buy. Florida's population has grown every year since 1946. The state's early growth was in the 1950s, and it was attributed to the introduction of air conditioning during which time Florida's population grew by an average of about 6%. I love demographics. Um, the side of statistics and demographics that, that work into Wall Street thoughts, it's pretty large in my brain. There's severe weather. There's really low wages. There's the loss of a vacation feel when you live in Florida. When you visit Florida, you're like, oh, there's crocodiles. How cool. And the grass is all swampy and it's really humid and you see birds fly into your face and you're like, wait, wait, that's not a bird. That's a cockroach. 
I find Florida to be kind of gross over time. Lovely to visit. Wouldn't want to live there. Home prices have moved up bigly. The one thing I could say about Trump and um, George W. Bush is they created some really funny words that I love using bigly. It kind of works in this case, doesn't it? If you look at the statistics, Florida is the least affordable state in the country. And the wages are really low. That does not excite me. One of the biggest problems Americans are running into in retirement is they're living longer. Retirement is a major financial milestone for many. There's a significant blind spot that many people have when it comes to retirement planning. And it's that we want to work till 62. When I was younger, my my fantasy was to work till 35. Have a million dollars, retire, live on the beach or a beach-like environment with my sweetie. And we'd sell oranges and apples on the beach. You know, if you ever gone to the beach and you're like, man, I could really use a piece of fruit. And I'd be the guy, I'd be the fruit guy. (laughs) I know you're saying that was your dream when you were 18. Not bad, huh? Or was I not thinking big enough? I began working when I was 15. So the idea of working until I was 60, not attractive to me. For a lot of people, you live off your mom and dad from zero to 20. And then you can live up to 100. That's 80 years. I, I, you work from 20 to 60 on average. That's 40 years. Do you see the flaw in the math here? And social security is not going to be enough for most Americans. So longevity is a big problem. You know what my dad did, right? He died early. He died at 58. Had he lived, he would have been an expense. Two miles are more expensive to feed than one. I know you're saying that's harsh. Um, I know it's just, it's like space. You know, when that big rocket went up last week and exploded, it, it's harsh. I, I think life is harsh. Anyhow, longevity, you really have to plan to live to 100. So let's say you have a million dollars, right? It's $100,000 a year for 10 years. So you get to 70 years old, now, now you've, you're out of money, like, you have to have a plan. That's where you're going to need some of your money working and, and still growing. I know you're saying I can live off of $100,000. Take a look at inflation, people. I think it's getting tougher and tougher to beat longevity when it comes to investing. I did a little bit of work over the weekend on Apple and cars because do you remember last week GM said they're going to be phasing out Apple CarPlay from their cars? And I, I there were some articles in Barron's Wall Street Journal, people are saying, I'll never buy a, a GM car ever again. People are starting to want to use their phones more and more in their cars. And I kind of get it. Because um, our phones are so important to us. Do you know what I do to make my, my spouse feel special? If we go out on a dinner date, I leave the phone at home. And I'm like, you check the phone for text messages. 
um, because she thinks I'm like godlike when I pay attention to her. It's really ridiculous, isn't it? That was a little trick of mine back when I was dating 20 years ago is I'd leave the phone. So whoever I was out on a date with, they got my attention and people love that. I know you're saying that's a trick, Rob. That's a trick. That's not really you. One minute. Okay. So back to Apple and cars. People love their cars so much or people love their phones so much they want them in the cars. It's not that they love their cars. They want their cars in their phone. No, it's the other way around. There's a company called Visteon who makes car radios, entertainment systems for cars. Apple can buy them for lunch money. And then they'd have a better chance of getting into more vehicles. I think it's a really, really interesting idea. Um, 30. CarPlay, Tesla has kind of shown GM. You can get a monthly subscription. You can make money by providing your own entertainment system. But I don't want GM's entertainment system. I want Apple's entertainment system. If Apple were to buy Vistian, it would be interesting. Ten. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. I wanted to start the segment with the idea of things are looking proper in the Wall Street. It's kind of normal. We're going through the bear market process. We're at the end of the bear market. Will it lead to a recession as the Fed fights inflation? Inflation weakens earnings. Earnings that get weakened lead corporations to say, you know what? We got too many employees. 3M cutting staff today. 6,000 people because earnings are weakening. UPS is saying that they're lowering their forecast just to scosh because worldwide they see the consumer bracing for a recession and changing how much they're spending and shipping. Worthy of note, my senior moment was I was trying to say, this is normal. This is healthy. I, I kind of like where we are, but what could undo it? And my senior moment was, what if during the next election cycle, either the nominee for the Republicans or Democrats, who are both 78 plus years old, what if they pass? That would be calamity, right? Now, it may, may not be. If you were to say the Democrat were to pass during the election cycle, some might go, well, that means Republicans have a better chance of winning and they probably are going to cut taxes. Stocks might rally. But initially, there would be that what could happen here. We'll talk about that and more as the elections get uh, heated up uh, to have a to have a candidate be 35 years old. That would be lovely because then that would take one of those ifs and buts scenarios out. You know, one of my favorite statements is ifs and buts were candy and nuts. So what a party we'd have. You kind of have to live by that when you invest. In my opinion. So. A lot of tech reports coming this week on earnings. And we're going to be paying close attention. I saw something really fascinating. Um, if you use chat GPT to type in, um, write a radio show for me for beginning investors who are 25 years old and make less than 50000 Chat GPT will write a radio show, or it refers to someone as um, host speaker, host speaker. It gave me a whole script. I'm going to do that one day. Um, I want to play with some terms so it turns as entertaining as possible. Jeremy Grantham warned that the everything bubble is bursting. He thinks the SP 500 could nosedive 
and a recession looks certain. So Jeremy Grantham, old dude, lots of gray hair, thin gray hair, um, not a young, healthy head of hair. I bring that up because he's he's got some history. He's got some. I've seen this before. He believes the price of stocks, bonds, houses, fine art and other assets have soared way too high. His quotes that come out are scary as heck. It's bad enough just doing the equity market in 2000. This time we have done a dead ringer for the equity market. Plus for gravy, we've done the housing market and the bond market. He's, he's, he's skating. He's saying everything is overpriced. We may settle for something like S&P 500 at 3,000. If the factors bite pretty hard when the market's going closer to 2,000, the economy is very likely to be quite a bit weaker. He, he's talking about a 50% correction from these levels. I throw that down there because he believes a recession's coming. And I, I think that's fine. Let me give you the flip. Most corporate economists don't see a slump happening within a year. 54% of economists at companies and trade groups put the odds of a downturn in the next 12 months at 50% or less. 44% say there's a better than even chance of a slump. Hmm. Don't you wish on one hand, Rob, I'm going to cut your hand off so you can't say on one hand, a rich billionaire, old rich billionaire, sees 50% downside. On the other hand, due to a recession. On the other hand, a group of economists say, we don't see it. Oh, that is just a, I'm going to say that's a kick in the hiney. So I have a LinkedIn page. I should throw this down on occasion. Rob Black Show. What's up with all these fake people uh, contacting you? Can't we solve that problem? I'm, I'm kind of with Elon Musk on that. Scams are on the hot, on the rise. That's never a good thing to say out loud. What else? Um, give me just a second. I want to open one document up. Where's that password shared? Okay, so I said something last week that was kind of interesting. I think you're going to see Netflix have upside over the next six months as they start implementing cracking down on password sharing. It's a very odd thing to say because everyone can see that coming. And usually when that happens, it doesn't happen. It's usually something wild and wacky, like Putin invading Ukraine. We didn't see that one coming. Got a big event, a new event. Listen to this. Tell me if you like this event idea or not. It's coming up really fast. May 7th, Sunday, 1 to 4. It's going to be in San Rafael. I'm not going to tell you the location. This makes it very intriguing, does it not? It's one of my favorite things to do is sit out in the sunshine, right? It's just relaxing after a year of lot of rain. But me and the CFP, Dan Fetterman from Chad Burton's office, are going to answer financial questions in San Rafael. We'll tell you the location after you sign up. Here's the kicker. We're also doing a portfolio review. The event's called Pints and Portfolios. I've been dreaming about doing this for years, and I finally got EP Wealth to let me do it. You can learn more about the event. It is going to be a portfolio review, like I mentioned. And what's interesting about that is 
we need a little bit of information from you. We need to know your age, your income, your assets, your liabilities, if you're planning on inheriting money or not. It is going to be a free event, but you have to sign up and give us some information so that we can. I kind of want to help people with their portfolios and have a real CFP. And when you leave the event, CFP Dan Fetterman will uh, set a time with you for a 30 minute Zoom call. I think that's going to help a lot of people. And I plan to use this framework for some future events. We'll still do the wealth preservation tax planning events with Stephanie and Shad. But I want to do some things on weekends where I get to help people. Space is going to be extremely limited. It's going to be a portfolio review or snapshot. It's being offered without any cost or obligation. But you got to have $500,000 in assets. Because if you don't, there's really no sense in doing a portfolio review. I think there's two phases. There's wealth accumulation life. And then once you get somewhere between 500000 and a million, that's when you start managing your wealth. And I think they're two very different approaches. So if on May 5th, you want to come grab a beer, May 7th, excuse me, May 7th, Sunday, 1 to 4, you can um, sign up for the event at Rob Black Show. Rob Black Show. There's a lot of details there. And um, I hope people sign up because it's uh, we put this together fast. And I'd love to see five to 10 people and have a couple beers with you. And my company's paying for it. Today, we have banking worries back at the forefront after First Republic Bank earning results. Treasury yields and oil prices are declining, reflecting global growth concerns. That's kind of one of those things that you need to look at. When you see the 10-year Treasury go down and you see oil go down, and you can find that, like if you go to Yahoo Finance, you can see the price of the 10-year Treasury and you can see the price of oil. And when you see them both coming down, that's, that's a day where the market goes, huh, this isn't great. The world doesn't look great. We're not going to be hit booming anytime soon. We may not be busting, but we're not booming. So there's global growth concerns right now after UPS partially attributed below consensus guidance on a changing consumer behavior. There's something new we need to talk about. The Fed now it's launching in 2023. July 2023. What is Fed now? I've ordered a report and I'm going to get a more detailed economist insight into Fed now. I won't have that until Thursday. But the Federal Reserve is on track to deliver an instant payment service called Fed Now between May and July 2023. The Fed Now service also potentially negates the need for the creation of a central bank digital currency. The Fed Now service will transform the way everyday payments are made throughout the economy, bringing substantial gains to households and businesses through the ability to send instant payments at any time of the day and funds being immediately available. Okay, so um, let's say you have a cleaning person come to your house and you write them a check. They can go to the bank and with FedNow, one minute later, have the cash. And it's transferred from my account to their account just like that. Did you hear what I said? It's going to hurt digital currencies, which is fascinating. It's basically the Fed and the U.S. banking system getting 21st century. It's going to transform. We do everyday payments. It's going to bring substantial gains to households, blah, 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 blah. They've been testing the system on a limited number of banks and institutions. The time is now for all key stakeholders to devote the resources necessary to support instant payments. So the Fed's not going to do a digital currency. This negates the need for a digital currency. 
it sends money back and forth in real time, which digital currencies kind of do. Uh, we'll talk about this. FedNow provides the cost reduction and settlement speed of a stablecoin payments without the need to convert into and out of tokens. FedNow could then slow the growth of the tokens, which may help address policy concerns regarding stablecoins. I'm not a stablecoin fan. I don't think government is stablecoin. This will help Americans live in paycheck to paycheck or small businesses with cash flow constraints. It's going to cut demand for payday loans. If I was a payday loan company, I'm not saying you're going out of business, but maybe. It's a game changer that I think helps more Americans, but it does hurt the digital currency enthusiasts. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Don't forget that big event's coming up May 7th, Sunday in the Bay Area, in Marin, in San Rafael. Sign up at robblackshow.com. You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Money makes the world go around. Money, 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 money. Young Americans are wasting money on silly things like TikTok pink sauce and Candy Crush 3. I don't even know what TikTok pink sauce is, but it is a condiment, as I've come to learn, made from dragon fruit and sunflower seed oil. Generation Z is easily swayed into spending money on frivolous things that they see online. My son plays video games and he'll come to me and says, Dad, what can I do to get $10 so I can get some Madden points? And I'm like, clean the pool every day? Like, I'm not the best parent when it comes to setting financial boundaries with my children. But there is no damn way I'm paying for TikTok pink sauce. But then Candy Crush is pretty similar to Madden points, right? A recent study revealed 28% of Generation Z have made purchases within a video game, like Sims add-ons or Extra Lives and Candy Crush, that they don't even want to tell other people about they're so embarrassed. 22% are embarrassed that they've bought things, products on TikTok, like the butt-lifting leggings, ring lights, pink sauce. Baby boomers are more likely to budget and far less likely to fall victim to funky ads. I don't even see funky ads, to be quite honest with you. What millennials and zillennials should be doing paying down debt, spending that 3 to $5 and putting it into an account like an Acorns account where you are getting some investments for the long term. 36% of millionaires say it'll take a millionaire to retire amidst rising costs in a shaky market. That's inflation, my friends. When I was 18, I wanted to, my goal was a million dollars for me and my honey to retire. I already told you in this uh, this podcast today. My goal was something goofy along the lines of work till age 35. Have a million dollars and the two of us would be able to live off that. And I probably saw like, like a lot of love making. <laughs> a lot of like, how, let's just say I was very naive. I wasn't the smartest coming out of high school. Or I wasn't the wisest. I was plenty smart. But not the wisest. Speaking of weird relationships with money, I have a weird relationship or in, when I was 18 years old, I, I really wanted to be a provider. I want, really wanted to show my worth. 
as a mate. Um, I wanted to be loved. I wanted to be close to people. I wanted to be intimate. Um, I didn't realize when I was 18 how much money has to do with relationships. 64% of couples say they are financially incompatible. Wait, wait, what? 64% of couples say they're financially incompatible due to different approaches with money. Look for a PBS show many, many, many years ago. And I, I it was really kind of cute. Don't let love lead to debt. Um, there was a lot of chapters like I, some of them. I'm embarrassed to even say out loud now. Susie. Oh, it was Susie Orman's the devil. And the author or the publishing company made me change the title of the book from Susie Orman's the devil and 99 other things you need to know. I had to change it to Susie Orman's like the devil because I couldn't prove that she was the devil. And why do I think she's the devil? I don't think she's the devil. And I'm kind of embarrassed talking about this, but I think some of her financial advice is too. It's, it's almost obnoxiously simple, which is okay. But I think you do a lot of hurt by pretending to be like, she doesn't, she never put a lot of money in the stock market. And that bothers me. Like, She's kind of a products person. She sells product and that bothers me a bit, but I'll be cool. I'll be cool. So let's talk about this. Um, how much money do you need to, uh, to work? 37% of divorce couples cited financial problems as the reason for divorce. 37% of divorce couples. What the world needs now is not another love story. Couples need to talk about money along with discussing upbringing of children couples should focus on financial goals financial planning i don't want to work till the day i die i want to retire but i want my spouse to feel comfortable with me retiring as a couple you're going to lie to each other at times um and we refer to that in the industry as financial infidelity A lot of people who are young, remember how I keep telling you when I was 18, I just wanted a million dollars and to retire by 35. Now, eight people who are 18 to 34 are living with their parents or a family member. And that changes how we approach love and marriage aggressively. If you come into the marriage with a lot of debt, it's problematic. This is a weird thing that I've said. Um, a lot of clients from CFP Chad Burton, they have children and they'll contact me and say, what should we do in our 20s? What should we do in our 30s? And I have a list of what you should do in your 20s and 30s. And one of them is marry wisely. And if it's it's a horrible thing to say because it makes me sound vain or vapid or something. But I, I tend to tell women, when you marry, keep your assets yours and keep his assets his. Don't commingle your funds until you're probably three to five years into the marriage. So that if it doesn't work, you can go your own ways with your what you brought to the table. In a survey of people about love and marriage, they want their partner making at least $29,878. A little bit lower than I would have thought. But I want to get you to retirement. That's the goal of the show. We're in the middle of earnings season. I got a big day of earnings reports tonight. Um, I got a big event coming up that I really, really want to sell out. Um, and I hope to see you there. Pints and Portfolios can be in Marin, one mile off in San Rafael. Location to be disclosed later. 
but this is a, a pretty cool event. It's going to be tied towards reviewing your portfolio. Step one is go to my website and sign up on the events tab. Step two is find the Pints of Portfolios event page and click to register. Step three is you're going to be asked a lot of questions, 10 questions on your income, your assets, your liabilities, your time frame, your inheritance. Ten. Then you're going to come and have a beer with me and then we're going to set up a time to go over what you have. I won't drink and review portfolios. That'll come separately. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archived podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. Will earnings hold up? It's normal. That comes in good times and bad times. Just because we're coming out of a bad inflationary environment, still not out, working our way out. We can see the light at the end of the tunnel. When we get down to these 4% levels where we're currently at, that's the high end that we would typically withstand, 2 to 4%. Ideally, we're at 2%. It's interesting because I use that same parallel of revenue growth for GDP. We like somewhere between 2 and 4 Four is a little bit too hot in GDP to growth. Two is a little bit cool. Inflation, we want to be under our, our GDP growth rate, in my opinion. I see red today. And what that tells me is stocks are edging lower ahead of big tech earnings. We get some big ones this week. Amazon and Meta. Alphabet, Microsoft. Those are some big ones. Another focal point for Wall Street this week will be the energy market. ExxonMobil, Chevron, Valero. So we got earnings coming from all around us. PepsiCo rose this morning after the company raised its full year profit guidance. General Electric. Oh, and for the record, I would own Pepsi. I own it in an S&P 500 fund, very passively, apparently. But I would own the stock. I'm just not going to sell the stock. I don't think Pepsi has any trick up its sleeve where they're going to say, oh, we're getting into the food and uh, the restaurant industry. I, I don't think they're going to go in any weird direction. Oh, our potato chips cure cancer. I just think Americans are going to continue to have snack food for many, 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 many years. 3M shares are higher. It announced a restructuring plan that's going to impact 6,000 positions globally. I hate to say it, but that's what I feel the market wants to see. Have you ever watched a show like Yellow Jackets? And there's this like, a group of young soccer female players are stranded in the woods. And somewhere along there, they start talking to the woods or the, the person in the woods that you never see. Like, oh, he's out there, the deer man. And you're like, what's the deer man? That's what I'm talking about. I think Walmart, ha- not, not Walmart, I think the stock market has this desire that we want to see positions go down. That's what the market wants to see. It's an imaginary person in my mind. But it's powerful. 6,000 positions at 3M. It's a big cost of labor. 
you do the math because I didn't bring my abacus to work today. Six thousand dollars, uh, six thousand people times fifty thousand dollars. That would be an average salary, right? Companies who save a lot of money. Will they still be able to sell sticky notes? Probably. Wall Street likes that. GM's lower today. It reported an upbeat forecast signaling the industry's pricing power will run out of steam. GE higher today after the manufacturers posted first quarter revenue that jumped 25% in the aerospace business. So there's some winners and losers. I like that. It's not everyone's moving down. There's some work that's getting done. First Republic shares are down 24%. This, oh boy, how do we talk about this? I do want to talk about it. I really, really do. Shares are down 24%. Deposits are down 40%. The deposit decline and the reaction of the stock is weighing on sentiment today. It feels like another bank's going to fall or fail as the Federal Reserve has marched up interest rates. And some banks took the wrong thought. They didn't see the run on the banks coming, so they took a little bit more risk. by Instead of leaving the deposits in cash or leaving the deposits in one-month treasury bonds, notes, anything that's really super short-term, they, they went a year out. Still super conservative. But... <clears throat> Somewhere in between super conservative and ultra safe. There's a little crack. And it took down Silicon Valley Bank. And if you look at the stock of First Republic, you think it's going to go down. EPS came up shy of expectations. They lowered their 2023 revenue outlook. And that lowering of the outlook is changing consumer behavior. They, they, they talk about earnings. UPS is saying, okay, so we thought we were going to pull in 97 to 99 million. We're only going to pull in 97 billion. Billion. And they're blaming the consumer behavior, which they say has concerns about the broader economic outlook and earnings prospects. If we go into a recession, which again, we keep talking about it. I I will probably ship fewer packages. I will probably get, receive, and send fewer packages. That's the idea, right? But did the wealthy ever really slow down their spend? You ask Louis Vuitton, Moet Hennessy, not really. Today, after the market closes, I'm going to be a a kid filled with glee. I've got a really nice mesh network in my home, so I'm going to go sit outside in the sunshine and listen to conference calls from Microsoft and Alphabet. I would imagine they're going to be driving the market tomorrow. And to be honest with you, Microsoft's pretty expensive. And to be fair with you, Google looks pretty cheap. The problem with Google is they're still letting go of employees and they're reporting their CEO pulled in $200 million in compensation last year. That's not cool. It doesn't look good. It's a bad Jojo. 
So they're going to be the big ones today. Then we get meta platforms on Wednesday after the close. And Thursday, we get Amazon. Next week, we get Apple. Those are five widely held companies, and those are five super big, large valuation companies. So as they move a point or two up, a point or two down, it it controls the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ because they're both market-weighted indexes. There's some growth concerns that appear to be hanging over the market for now. You can see it in the 10-year treasury notes down to 3.4%. If you've been listening keenly for the last year, as a 10-year treasury moved from 1% to 2%, 2% to 3%, right around 3.5%, the stock market stopped rallying. So now we're below 3.5%. We're down to 3.4% on the 10-year treasury. That's cost of money. It's cheap. If inflation's at 4%, you can just kind of see, hey, uh, we're getting there. Find me online at robblackshow.com. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.